Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Femi Pod. Thanks for tuning in with us for this episode, episode number 61. And of course, here with Esther. This week, we are excited to chat with you firstly about what we've been up to lately. And secondly, we want to dive into the use and effects of social media. But before we go deep, Esther, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Liz. Just busy, training's going all good. I still feel a bit tired. I don't know if it's iron or just general tiredness. It's hard to tell these days. I feel like I'm just tired a lot of the time, but that's quite normal, I think, as I get older. <laughs> um, but no, life is really good. I, yeah, I'm enjoying enjoying training. My cycle started again, so I feel a lot better running, which is funny. Every month that happens, I'm like, oh, I feel on top of the world, and then get close to my period again and I go oh, I'm so unfit but then I realize you know I know why this is happening so yeah having that knowledge helps to rationalize how you're feeling I guess but yeah everything's good how are you yeah um, I'm good I'm similar to you I think just like paying even more attention to my cycle than normal I in my late luteal phase and I definitely feel a lot more moody I feel like it's really affecting my mental health this time around as we all know our cycles can be different every single cycle and I think probably because of a lot of other things going on and other stresses my hormones are maybe a little bit out of whack and um yeah I definitely feel more irritable than normal but that's all good hopefully the period will arrive any day soon and um I'll be a whole new woman um <laughs> But I'm um, good. Things have been really hectic lately, as you know. Yes, we're really busy at work, really enjoying work. We have some very exciting things coming up at Femi, which I'm sure all of our beautiful listeners will hear about soon. But um, we are in the in the deep at the moment. I was saying to my partner James last night, we're in the deep end, and we're just going to keep swimming. Um, we are just swimming at the moment, and hopefully, we'll be able to come up with for some air very soon. But uh, running at the moment for me is it's okay I think I was running this morning realizing it's probably only been about four we- weeks since I had COVID for the third time and so I've probably been asking too much of my body recently and forgetting that I was actually sick only four weeks ago so I'm getting through training each day but it's definitely harder and I haven't been hitting paces or distances that I once was but um, I think I've just trying to been trying to keep my head positive and try and find some things that will keep me going, like setting goals and knowing what are some things that aren't coming up in the short term, but in the long term, like what are some things that I want to be achieving with my running and knowing that it's possible for me to get back there. I think I've partly struggled because I don't feel great right now. It's easy to be like, oh, is this is is this me forever? Kind of like your um your energy levels is, but I think yeah reminding myself all the time that um it isn't forever and I'll be back soon but I'm at least enjoying training I've been running on the trails quite a lot lately and that's been a nice way to break up my runs without focusing on pace so much and um and just getting out into the environment into the fresh air and enjoying it so yeah things have been good we will get there it's yeah it's not forever but I think when we look back at the last year and a half of our lives they have 
had a lot in them and sometimes it's hard to look back and acknowledge that's probably why things are the way the way they are right now but we will get over that hump and come out the other side and I can't wait like I was thinking when I was running the other day I was thinking back to when I ran a personal best and it, I think it was 20 yeah 2021 so two years ago now and that was in the 10k and then I did that half marathon which wasn't official but I was like, that's so long ago and there's just this battle has been ensuing since then to like continue to be able to run and feel good in our bodies. So we we will get there eventually and it'll be so, so awesome when we do. I think we'll be so, so much more grateful than maybe we were two, three, four years ago when we were getting PBs because there's been this huge battle to actually get back and be able to train hard and feel good in our bodies. So true. I already have such a different like level of appreciation for training and just going outside and sweating you know some mornings I'm like I really don't want to run because I don't have the energy and even just 20 minutes and you feel like a whole different person so just um yeah focusing on those positives definitely has helped but today we wanted to dive into a conversation around the use and effects of social media and I think this is a really heavy conversation and a hot topic I guess because we are now Social media has been around for a while, I would say 10, 15 years, but I think it's really only becoming evident now that there are some really major and massive effects to the mental health of everybody, but in particular that next generation and even more so for females in that generation, um, what social media is doing to their minds. So I think to, to kick off this conversation, we wanted to dive into our own experiences with social media and how we've used it to both the um, positive and negatives of what we do in our lives. And Esther, do you want to maybe go first and just tell us like, how have you used social media over the last 10 or 15 years and and um, what have you kind of taken from it? Yeah, for sure. I think initially like Facebook and stuff, it was just to connect with friends and then Instagram came out and I was like, oh, this seems cool, but like, it'll never be Facebook and then I was like actually maybe it will be Facebook and and more and so I got involved and you know I back then I wasn't even running I think when it came out or no I definitely was wait was I it was 2010 I think so that's actually maybe that's when I wasn't running yeah so I think I didn't care about it as much because it wasn't really like a vehicle for like my voice and I was also like extremely lost and what I was doing with my life. So social media to me wasn't a big part of my life when it first came out. Um, and then as I got more involved with like sport and certain, you know, I guess positions that I held, like such as, you know, working with NTC, Nike Training Club and, and you know, actually starting to get a profile. That's when I started to care more about it. And, you know, I never really cared about how many followers I had and then, I guess with more of that profile popping up, that that's when I started to think about it more and, and see it as, you know, in those groups, people with more followers seemed to get more opportunities and to be almost valued more or valued more highly than other people, which is shocking and really sad and it shouldn't be the case, but it was, and it still is, you know, people make their whole living off the fact that they have heaps of Instagram followers because they get paid money to do a post and obviously some of that is good and people are using it for good for, but there is a lot of bad and a lot of toxicness I don't even think that's a word within social media and and you know that 
that value sitting within your follows and your likes. And so, yeah, I think it, it went up and down in my usage use of it. There was definitely a time when I was obsessed. Like I would look at my likes all the time, really wanted my followers to go up. And that's when you know that it's toxic. Right now I'm in a really good place. I don't care anymore about my likes or follows. Uh, I use it more for my own, you know, my own thoughts and feelings and opinions. And I'm pretty open and honest on there, but I don't really care, you know, what the outcome is of a post. Whereas back in the day, I would post and check all the time and, you know, check how many likes I was getting. It's just so toxic because you look at people that get heaps and you think your worth is less than theirs. So, yeah, I've gone up and down with it, but I'm in a good place right now. What what about you? Yeah, crazy. I feel like um, I remember when... I first found out about social media, well, Instagram in particular. I was definitely on Facebook beforehand, but um, I remember looking at Instagram being like, why do people want to just look at photos? <laughs> like, where's the context behind these photos? And I remember finding it so odd that people would just scroll through random photos of random people. Um, and then once I got introduced to it, I was also, I guess, new to social media at the same time as working with Nike and the marketing team and I think having my marketing cap on I was understanding and probably learning social media in a marketing sense alongside like understanding social media for my personal use and um, I think I remember very early on when I was at Nike before anything around social media marketing even existed I remember working with my manager and we actually printed out all these photos of a social profile on Instagram and we're breaking down the engagement of each post, understanding like what people resonated with and and why. And I think um, that even that process at that time, it was way before anything existed around like paid posts or anything. It was just interesting to see like why people, I guess, engage with things and why they don't. And from there, understanding that, um, I think I really began to learn the power of social media um, and building a profile. And this isn't me sitting here saying I have a massive profile at all. And that's not like why I have Instagram is to build a profile, but just seeing how marketing changed so much when social media became a thing was wild and it's still changing so quickly now. I think my like personal relationship with social media, similar to you is like in the early days in my twenties, I spent a lot of time, scrolling and comparing myself to others and figuring out you know why they had particular things or why their lives look so perfect and mine wasn't perfect and um, especially when I was going through body image issues and looking at other female athletes online it wasn't healthy at all and I spent a lot of time doubting myself and losing confidence in myself because of social media there was this whole world of like trying to create this uh, perfect life online and we now know that nothing online is really that true or real um, and there's a lot of fakeness to it and I think it's you know it's easy for us to now take an approach where we know that um, and not get sucked into it but back then we weren't aware of that and what you saw on social media you took as truth and yeah that really did affect my I guess mental health for a wee while but I think in the last few years I've really stepped away probably from how much time I spend on social media I I think maybe five, six years ago, I was probably posting online every day. And now it's probably maybe once a week if I'm lucky. But I remember I remember back in the day thinking like the most 
successful in quotation marks and probably happiest people don't even probably have profiles on social media because they're doing incredible things for the world that isn't about posting about it online and um you know you look at these incredible people doctors and people who are like changing the world for the better they're not going to be sitting on instagram taking photos of what they achieve each day and i would look at other people on social media who were on there a lot and posting photos of themselves and getting a lot of clout for it and be like why am i comparing myself to that person when you know there's this other incredible person behind the scenes so yeah a <laughs> very turbulent relationship probably with social media but definitely in a much better place now and yeah I think it does really concern me how the next generation is growing up with the likes of Instagrams but definitely TikTok I think TikTok is a massive one that we I'm sure all know about I think there's over 800 million people on TikTok so you can imagine I think it's about 25 percent of those people on TikTok are under the age of 20 and the amount of time spent on that platform where it is very short form content that you on TikTok you have to engage someone within two seconds of the post for people to stay on and watch it and I think like the ideal time of a TikTok video is is 11 seconds and that just shows like how how short form that content is and how quickly people move on um, and and in turn attention spans are being lost as well but yes, should we jump into like these concerns that we do have around this next generation of, of um, females in particular, but everyone growing up on social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, we can start because it was like a partial release of the CDC's biannual youth risk behavior survey that's just come out. And I think, you know, what that highlights is that, you know, Instagram came out in 2010, TikTok came out not too far after, but it's like, what's actually been the impact of these things on young people's minds and you know the use of devices and social media and it's been hard to universally agree that there's like a causation between using these social medias and devices and like the impact it has on your your mental health but now they can actually say without a doubt that social media and these devices have impacts on young people's minds and probably our age you know and above I think you know devices impact us all but imagine being born in that age where you're using it from you know whatever age upwards for the rest of your life is is so different and I still feel grateful to this day that I was in the generation that didn't get a smartphone till I was like 17 or something so I feel lucky with that but yeah this survey has showed that most teens so girls in particular 57% now say that they experience persistent sadness or hopelessness, which is up from 36% in 2011. And 30% of teen girls now say that they have seriously considered suicide, which is up from 19% in 2011. So that's literally a third of teenage girls have, you know, considered suicide, which is just so sad. And boys are doing badly too. But their rates of depression and anxiety are not as high and their increases since 2011 are smaller. Uh, and I think, you know, that just highlights the impact that this is having on young girls and young boys and non-binary people's mental health. And the article is really interesting. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes, but it talks about the fact that it's just not a quick fix. Like you can't just go and get rid of 
get rid of smartphones and say get off social media because that's the way kids communicate these days and so you know higher rates of depression and anxiety come from loneliness and feeling isolated so by taking away phones or by stepping away if you're only a small percentage of the population that does that and all your friends are still on those devices they're going to have the social interaction through their phones schedule meetups and catch-ups and have that connection whereas that person's going to be alienated and left out by not having a phone so it's like this catch-22 like both are bad for your mental health but what can you do so it's just it's really sad and I think there's so many so many reasons as to why it's affecting mental health but yeah I wonder if you want to jump in lids and start talking about why this is, has such an impact on mental health yeah I think we'll talk really specifically around females and in this study that Esther's mentioning which we'll put in the show notes the percentage of UK teens depressed as a function of hours of her weekday on social media the rates of mood disorders are higher for girls than boys and with those females spending over five hours on social media each week the percentage of girls facing depression is over double which is so sad um crazy and I think the reasons why I'm sure we can all kind of assume but what we believe is because these women these girls are a lot more likely to compare themselves to others and that really comes from that like lack of confidence in themselves and we have spoken about the lack of confidence and that loss in confidence so girls are losing 30% in confidence in themselves um, when they go through puberty, whereas boys are gaining confidence as they you know, get testosterone and get bigger. But their lack of confidence definitely leads to girls like comparing themselves to others and wishing they were other people. And especially when it comes to social media, when it is so visual and it is based off what people look like, of course, you're going to compare your body and how you look and how you dress. Um, compared to other people that are showing up on Instagram who look com a completely different way and um, it can be so tough on girls I remember when I was a teenage girl how much I would compare myself to the girls in my class and that was just based off what we looked like and what clothes we wore versus I can't imagine what it would be like for these girls who are on social media who have access to girls all over the world um, that are similar ages to them and you know, the, that comparison would be, yeah, really horrific. So I'm sure that has a huge part to play in um, these mood disorders that girls are getting, I guess, are, are affecting girls a lot higher than boys. Definitely. And you see it to this day, and we talked about it and how it's impacted us, the, the girls that had more followers and more likes, like there was a common denominator in that when I was looking at it, and it was that they were beautiful and had certain body types and paraded it on Instagram. And so, yeah, like you said, how could you look at that over and over again and not start to think that that means that you're successful or that that's the only way to look to be beautiful? So, yeah, of course, they're going to be comparing themselves. And we both struggled with that. And we didn't even get smartphones till we were, like we said, you know, 16, 17. So imagine from the age of 10 or the age of 12, what that would do to a growing mind. Yeah, it's really, really sad. I think the other thing that probably is playing a big part in it is like what they're seeing online and like the rise in online hate towards women. Like we've talked about it before, but it's actually growing and that's due to probably social media, but then also like algorithms like 
Facebook got called out on it and got um, got sued on the fact that it was putting uh, people who they saw would potentially be vulnerable, yeah. targeting them with certain videos and certain content. And then they get deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole and then they become polarized and believing one thing, which is so completely opposite to what others believe or so far to one side. And that's likely to arise in hatred towards women. And it's, you know, there's been studies on it and it is growing and it's really sad. And I can imagine a young girl growing up seeing people like Andrew Tate, who are famous and douchebags like Dan Balzerian, who hate on women, basically use them as objects and just for their pleasure and then discard them as if they're not human. Young girls seeing these sort of things and the hate towards towards them just because of their gender I think would be impacting a lot on the way they see themselves and I guess again it contributes to confidence and in, in the way they see themselves um, because you've got this thing showing attractive people get follows and likes and then you've got men valuing women on their looks and you know a stronger hatred towards women so I guarantee that that's got a big part to play in it as well. 100% and I think the other thing is I imagine young girls follow a lot of other females and, you know, girls within the same age bracket on social media. And a lot of the people they're following probably are on the social, on social platforms because they have somewhat of a purpose, whether they're a musician or they're a model or they're an athlete. And I know I've been in positions looking at people like this and it feels like these people have got their shit together. You know, it feels like these people know who they are and what they want out of life and definitely being a teenage girl, majority of young girls don't know what they want to do and like I just want to say that is okay if you don't know what you want to do and you don't know what your purpose is but when you follow people on social media they're on that platform because they're promoting themselves and they promote what they do and it it will give a sense that they know what their purpose is but and I can only imagine what that would do for young women I mean I'm in my 30s and I still catch myself looking at people online being like wow they're so successful they really like they've done really well for themselves um and then you start questioning what you're doing in your life but imagine that as a 16 year old girl when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for your career for the rest of your life and comparing yourself to other women and girls online and doing the same like it would be really daunting and and feeling kind of that that lack of purpose can really lead to mental health disorders as well so I think calling that out is really important I know we talk we've been chatting about I guess all the negatives of social media and how it can really badly impact the minds of young people but I think there are also some really positives and I'm sure we all know that there is some positives and there's some light to the use of social media especially in sport and especially for females obviously for me as we stand is trying to break down gender equality barriers and in particular in sport and for us using social media as a way for us to do that and create create a voice to create change and any anyone that's able to build a profile on social media has their own voice and if more women and more women doing good things for the world can build their profiles on social media more likely the better the world's going to become for women as well so there definitely are positives I guess I'm sure you've found some positives in social media too yeah I think it was just using using certain brands and and people that you look up to as inspiration and being actively aware about how others make you feel so 
I think I've said it in recent in other podcasts, but just I used to follow those attractive people and, and look up to them. And now I don't, I definitely don't. I look for people that inspire me and, uh, you know, brands like Femi, for example, I don't think you could look at Femi as a woman and think it's bad. Like all we're trying to do is help women live a better life and get what's fair out of life. So finding and supporting the woman around you, I think, and, you know, you have the power to curate and create your own social media, what you see. You don't have to see the stuff that you know inside makes you feel not good about yourself. So actively, yeah, being aware of that and finding the people that really do inspire you or maybe look like you and are doing really well or, you know, inspire you to chase a dream and follow a purpose that you may think you'd be interested in. Finding that those parts of social media where where the beauty is about the obviously the toxic side which we've talked about and steering clear of that and just finding finding the good in it um, and being inspired by the people that you look up to and brands that align to your values and and you know how you see the world yeah definitely I so agree I think there is a huge part social media has a huge part to play in like inspiring other people I think what I tried to do is just keep my feed and keep the people who I follow like really varied um, and not just have all female athletes that I follow, but, you know, creating a world online that I live in to be hopefully representative of the world around me as well and having lots of opinions and lots of ideas and lots of different people who you can be inspired by, I think is really important as well. Because if I was just trapped in the world of just following female athletes and I guess I probably would fall into that bucket of like comparing myself again, but keeping like, yeah, a a range of people around you, I think is really important. There's a few, I I guess wrapping things up, um, we'd love to just touch on like our suggestions that we can make to help the world be a better place while the social media world be a better place anyway. And um, I think I always kind of had this idea early on knowing kind of the harm that social media can have because of my own experiences and seeing it firsthand. I kind of go back to this idea of when smoking first came in and no one knew the harm that smoking was having, but, and everyone back then used to smoke. And it wasn't until the evidence came out that, you know, smoking can cause cancer. That's when people started to put some rules in place of like how the age limits and actually create awareness around the impact of smoking. And I think it could be similar for social media and that we should be outwardly coming out and people talking about the harm that social media is creating but also have some limits on ages of people using it and how much time we can be spending on it you know if it was one hour a day that's still a lot of time on social media but if it was one hour a day and it was capped at that maybe this harm um, that's happening to young people wouldn't be as bad (laughs) so some laws around the use of social media I think would be super powerful yeah, definitely. And, you know, you said it before in that stats, five plus hours a day, there's like that really high correlation with depression. So yeah, capping the hours is super important. And, you know, maybe that means that we're not going to have phones at school anymore. They get put into a big lockbox box when everyone arrives and you're not allowed to go on your phone because that takes a big chunk of the day out. And the fact is that you'd be with your friends, hopefully, hopefully no more COVID situations, but with your friends actually socializing and learning from them and learning how to like have that social interaction, which is lacking because of the use of devices and that we've always got our heads down staring at a screen rather than actually talking to people and, you know, learning how to conversate and, you know, socialize 
Um, so I think that would really help too. But I think we touched on it before as well. It's just curating your own social media and looking internally and like being really self-aware that this does not make me feel good. Why am I doing this? And then putting some things in place to actually, yeah, cap your time. Like you said, Liz, even as adults, you know, we can make our own choices, but we know what makes us feel good and what makes us feel bad about ourselves. So being self-aware really helps to, I guess, put those limitations in place. Definitely. Well, we will definitely put those um, links to those research papers in our show notes. You can have a read through them as well. But um, hopefully you took something from this conversation. If you're on your phone scrolling, get off it and maybe go for a run. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for listening. Esther and I will be back in your ears next week for episode number 62. Um, So tune back in for that one. But in in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Instagram at femi.co or head to our website, femi.co, and you can email us from there. But thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.